Space Exchange. Ooh, Paris, you got to talk a little bit about growing up in Indianapolis because we don't get a lot of rattlers from from out. Mm-hmm. Just tell us a little bit about growing up in Indianapolis. Did you have any family who had ever traveled? Yes. So growing up in Indy, I did have family that traveled. My Aunt Pam, uh, she's a big part of my life, my late aunt. Uh, But overall, Indianapolis, it's really cute and quaint. It's diverse. It's like a mini Chicago. I appreciate the homey feel. And when I first heard about FAMU, it was through our friend Eric Majors. Uh, He's like a big brother to me, and we both went to high school together. So uh, chatting with him, and he was like, yes, Paris, you should check out FAMU. And I was the type, I applied to about 20 schools, y'all. And I visited about 15. But when I stepped on FAMU's campus, I just knew it. And uh, it was like fifth on my list, but it became number one in my heart. When did you know that this was the decision? Like it was number one, two, three, four, five, didn't even matter anymore. When did you know? I, I knew when I came to the spring, the spring preview, Eric was there. And then another friend from Indianapolis, Ashley Edwards. And they both just greeted me. And then I went into SBI and I sat there and just heard, you know, one of their uh, recruitment events and it just touched me. And then before that, how I learned about Spring Preview, I went to a FAMU alumni event in Indianapolis. So I guess the FAMUans here touched my heart. And then I went to Spring Preview and Eric really uh, just showed me a good time. So we had another SBI in on the podcast recently, and I just I love the culture of SBI. Mm-hmm. A little bit about how SBI began to orient you to consider doing experiences abroad. For everybody out there, SBI is a school of business and industry. It's one of the top tier programs at Florida A&M University. Exactly. And uh, when you think of SBI, you definitely think of uh, just the networks you make. I was a part of Alpha Kappa Psi Professional Business Fraternity, and I had a couple brothers who uh, really talked about their experiences after graduating. And one of them, you might know his name, I think Justin Harrison, he talked about not going abroad, but doing every everything else, like every internship, every organization. And I had done every internship, every organization. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to miss out on this. Let me see if there's something for me uh, studying abroad. And so I went to the office and I had thought about Spain, but the opportunity they had was going to Brazil on a federal grant. And I ended up applying and received the grant and ended up going uh, to Brazil instead of Spain and actually came out with it being a paid opportunity in the end. So let's pivot there. That is actually a a great segue. Most of us who attend HBCUs, you know, we'd be doing the most, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're in all types of organizations. You know, we are super involved. We got a lot of stuff going on. And so it may not be the easiest thing for people to like recognize the value of studying abroad. You made that decision on your own. Why were you so intentional about that? I was intentional because I wanted a well-rounded experience in college, but I actually wanted to be the person that came away like, you know what? I didn't regret anything. I did everything I wanted to do. And a part of that was building skills like soft skills, professional skills, personal skills, and interpersonal skills. And I felt like going abroad for me as an only child or for me wanting to step outside my comfort zone, already going to FAMU and Tallahassee, like that was a part of me wanting to develop 
and uh, also learned something I hadn't learned before, which is, was another language and just another way of life. It ended up being a really dope experience, but I think it really set me up to see how life can be just even beyond school. You got to talk about that life beyond school, Paris, because you had a really good package college experience. I mean, you even pledge, girl. And a lot of people think if you go abroad, you can't do all that stuff. So I do want to talk first and foremost about did you ever have that fear of missing out? And two, I got to hear about Portuguese for sure. I did have that fear of missing out and I did miss out. There was a uh, a probate during that time. You know, the, I think the Deltas were almost going to come on and online at that time. But what my friends did was help me be there. So that's when FaceTime was really like just starting and my friends FaceTime me in. Uh, since you had an Apple iPhone, it was as if I didn't miss a beat because I had Wi-Fi. And I used to tell the Lord, I said, I'm so thankful that I'm on study abroad at such a time as this because you knew what I needed to help me feel connected. And uh, I think that's what helped me not feel like, you know, oh man, uh, I'm going to be missing out. But guess what? I got one more semester when I come back. So I also knew I was going to turn up then. And I uh, think Thinking about FAMU, what I did while being there before I went abroad was go to FSU and study Portuguese for one semester. So I did take, you know, some prerequisites just to help me get set up. And then that next uh, semester, I went abroad. How did you feel as a FAMU student in those classes? Did you feel supported? Did Mm -hmm. you feel like you were a success? Did it make you want to keep studying? Yeah. So thankfully, uh, the study abroad office at FAMU was connected to the class at FSU, um, meaning the like the representative from the study abroad office knew about the course. And so they said as a prerequisite sign up and it was a lot to navigate parking, to navigate how to get to class. You know, I went a day prior. I'm glad I did that. But the class alone, there was a native Brazilian teaching it. So I really appreciated that that. But it was, I think it was different. And I end up, I'm somebody who gets, you know, maybe A's. It was a class I got to B, but I gave it my effort. And then I knew what was next was like, I'd be submerged and have that course for like continually because I took Portuguese while at the university in Brazil too. So I just said, we're just going to build upon it, but I know something and it's important. If you can have some framework prior to going, I would definitely suggest that. Well, let's first say I know all about that parking situation at FSU because that is probably what helped seal the deal in terms of me reeling Kendall in. She was Mm -hmm. able to observe my sacrifice, my dedication for finding her a parking space every day, Paris. Like every day she would be like, uh, can you take me to Airbnb class? I would pick her up for wherever she was, McGuinn, Diamond, whatever dorm she was in, pick her up, drive around the campus for about 25, 30 minutes if I needed to park, right? Or I would just drop her off. It was the most difficult thing ever. But I mm-hmm. I really, really appreciated her for sticking with it. Hey, I do want to ask you, you were on it already in terms of knowing what opportunities were out there. For some people that might be in high school or just starting their university experience, for study abroad at some Black institutions, there's not already a blueprint from day one. It's not a part of the curriculum when you declare a major. Walk us through what you did to actually get that process started for for studying abroad. Like, walk us through it. 
Yeah, I'd be happy to because uh, for me, it's like one conversation led to another that led to the opportunity. So it wasn't out. It wasn't so black and white when I began, but I first was like, okay, I know there's a study abroad office. Let me introduce myself and let me learn about the opportunities. And uh, from there, the um, just the lead for the study abroad office broke down just the different ways you could go about either a formal program where you pay per you know semester you pay maybe over the winter break but I'm the type to say there's always a way an opportunity which ones could possibly you know give you a scholarship or a stipend and there was one that was in partnership with West Pensacola University and it gave 5,000 to each um, student who went abroad and one student would come back from Brazil and attend FAMU and they would also get the stipend so I met those two Brazilians and uh, we met at SBI. They were taking courses there. So I just learned about the program more intimately through them. And then I went back to the office and said, you know, I think this could be something that, you know, aligns with what I'm trying to experience, but also has a stipend connected to it. I went through the orientation. I went through the year, um, the semester of the FSU Portuguese class. And then I also had to go through the visa process. And that one was kind Kind of like you had eight FAMUs and we rode down to Miami and we got our visas and one day and we rode back. So it was definitely kind of that HBCU, got to get it how you can uh, to some of the process. And even when we touched down in Brazil, we didn't have our $5,000 in hand or deposited yet. So we had to pay for our own flight and I didn't know where I was going to stay until I touched down, although I knew I would have housing. But when I touched down, everything ended up working out. We ended up getting our uh, grant maybe like a a few weeks after. And during that time, I taught English um, in order to have really extra income. And by the time I came back to the States, I was able to keep at least half that grant because of the tutoring I did in in Brazil. Girl, you better know how to hustle and make it happen. I really want to kind of know more about the grant. What were the goals of the grant? What were they trying to do? What yeah. were they searching? What did you study? Yes, it was really cool. It was a biofuels alternative energy grant. So we went out there and we had to either write a paper, uh, you could create a website, you could create a documentary. My friend who was in uh, J school, she created a documentary and talked to different look, like local farmers about their experience in the area. I created an advertising, uh, advertisement campaign called The Revolution and how you would use alternative resources for energy. And then the two of the members wrote a paper. So uh, with that shared, we had to have like um, like some type of biofuel alternative energy component to our our research throughout the university. And we did we were in the university for a semester. But I also did dance and I took Portuguese and dance was pretty cool because in the end we did a university wide presentation and we were part of the dance uh, ensemble. And then we were even on the brochure and at the on the billboards across campus. And how competitive was it to be selected? Did you just sign up for it and then you were selected or did you have to go through some additional process? Yeah, I think it's the process. It was the uh, definitely the application process, but it was if you could be diligent and get all the components together from your visa to your flight to like the different 
like legal, you know, things that you might have had to do in order to travel and stay abroad for a semester. So as if you could get your ducks in order and see through the process that you'd be able to go abroad. We had a lot of different FAMU students already in Brazil, so they helped us to become acclimated as well. What were the other FAMU students doing there? Yeah, they were actually studying for a semester, but they ended up staying a year. And then they even applied for the grant to stay another like semester. So one had stayed like two years, one stayed about a year and a half. Then the grant ended, I think, shortly after that. Being uh, just, of course, like a woman of color coming from a different background in Indianapolis for even the university to provide opportunity, even if it was with textiles, even if it was with farming, I think I would have been open minded enough to step out to to try it. And uh, I felt like there was a level of safety with the program overall. And then my parents as well felt that. So I'm glad I had that support to have your child go abroad for six months, you know, that's a, a different level. And can you tell us what was a typical day like there? I would wake up, I would go to the, um, I guess you would say you'd get a pastel, you would get fresh juice, you could go to the farmer's market, I would go to class and my friends and I might go to the bakery or go out for lunch. Like we went to a lot of different Brazilian events and concerts and we even went to the largest prom and like it has to be in South America, but it's called like ballet and you dress up, but it's like unlimited food, gourmet, everything. It's like the biggest prom, but it's for uh, for those that in college at their university. So the, yeah, it was an experience, kind of like the Coachella of proms. And then we also went to Carnival. How did I forget about that? So yeah, we went there for five days in 2013. That was pretty exhausting, but it was pretty amazing too. You used this experience in Brazil to open the door or to unlock the next opportunity. Talk about the space and time between going to Brazil and hearing mm-hmm. Mozambique. So during the space and time of Brazil, when I was abroad, my aunt who helped to raise me actually is a big part of my journey. She actually passed away. And so during that time, I became the executor of her estate right between my last internship, right between my last semester of college. And so managing that as a businesswoman, but also side by side, asking God some big questions. And it was about purpose. It was about how do you live life with, you know, balance? Because it's like you can give a lot, but then you can also exhaust a lot. And so I started to ask God some big questions. And I think in that time, I just felt led to take a different path. And that path was of service. And that path was entrepreneurship. And seeing through my aunt's legacy, she was a photographer, seeing through the end of her business and her uh, photography career with, you know, really respect and honor. And so So between graduating December 2013 and that spring of 2014, I started A Touch of Heart, which was a 501c3. And the overall mission of that is to serve and to empower others to serve with uh, love and unity. I, through that path, went to Divinity School and continued to build out that nonprofit, A Touch of Heart. And in that time, um, one of the lead missionaries uh, that was a part of the program 
program became my landlord. And so with her nonprofit in Africa called I Reach Africa, happened to be in Mozambique and I happened to be able to position myself to be a value to her uh, and bring certain level of the language to support their school and, you know, be a teacher's aide uh, to the preschoolers who were learning Portuguese. Uh, the last thing I'll speak to is the dance program that I did for 11-year-olds. I taught that primarily in Portuguese because they didn't speak English, and it was just beautiful connecting, but I also like uh, stepping outside of my comfort zone to be able to share God's love in, you know, different forms. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that because we tell folks all the time that, you know, a part of this is to connect your passions and your purpose to being in spaces overseas. Paris, how has these experiences changed you? Sometimes I talk to folks and they say, I wouldn't have known that unless I've had that experience overseas, right? Or you wouldn't have been changed in this certain way if you wouldn't have been in those spaces overseas. Can you point to something specifically that changed you? Yeah, I know one word that I, I, you know, appreciate is perspective. And I think being abroad, it gave me perspective and it uh, kept my heart softened as well, because a lot of different things can um, maybe distort your perception. But when you're up close and when you're that personal, it just gives you a perspective on the appreciation of life and then being able to see from a pure space, um, not one of, oh, I need money in order to do this or I need a title in order to do that, but to see how people, if you want to say hustle day to day or take care of their family by, you know, day to day by any means, to see what that means here and to see that what that means there. It's like you can't discount anyone's journey and like the steps they're taking towards it. Paris, when we have people on here and they're talking about, I wanted to study abroad, so often they say, I wanted to go to the motherland, but mm -hmm. so they didn't get a chance to go, but you did. So can you talk about how your expectations of Africa were met or yeah. um, changed? Like how you didn't expect it to be a certain way, but... Um, what it was really like in the end, basically. Yeah. So I feel like you can, there's a variety of experiences. So when I touched down in South Africa before my connecting flight to Mozambique, uh, you could you could live life regularly, like, you know, a nice hotel, nice, like, it's like a city life. But I got to be honest, once you got to Barra, where Barra, Mozambique, and then got in the, you know, truck to commute over, like, like you, you know, you pray for your safety. It's it's the roads, it's the people on the roads. Like when we were passing, we saw, you know, accident, but it's like, it's not the same here. It's like, oh, the roads block, the roads block. Like where we happen to be because we were inland, because we were truly like in the most rural place. I think what you uh, would expect is like what I, I, I did experience. And we were in a mission base. So for us in the mission base, it might look different than going down the road. But even our friends who, you know, are missionaries that built homes, maybe just down the road, uh, just seeing the process of them building their homes, seeing 
seeing like the the native people, you know, make it the bricks, seeing them like build it. I got to, you know, see people babies be born. You know, I got to see people, you know, live their lives like day to day. I got to go to church where it was like four hours. For me, I really do appreciate Beyonce's Black is King because I see like the culture she brought, but also like it's like, yeah, that's that is what it feels like. Um, and it feels good. Like babies running in, running with their feet in the mud. Good. <laughs> and um, the last thing I'll share right in this moment is I, uh, and this is just personal to me, it was towards the end of my time and I had made a chocolate cake for the, the, missionary, the mission staff. So like the native Mozambicans who were like the security guards uh, who helped in the kitchen and everything and who might've been like the help keep the land up. And I heard that chocolate uh, cake was their favorite. So I got all the ingredients from the, the store and I made it and I brought it out and I started to tell them how much I appreciated them in Portuguese. And before you know it, the Holy Spirit just hit me and these, these tears were just uh, running down my eyes and I could just feel the love of the Lord for them, the appreciation for who they are and just that getting to know them over those past like two, three months and meeting their families and stuff. I could just feel the love of God for them. And it just moved me to tears. And I, it was just, and I just gave them the cake and I went back inside and it was just like, it just was so touching because it wasn't me, but it was me, but it wasn't. And it really moved my heart. We have cultural exchange moments. There's something we impart, but then there's something that we learn from the people we're around. What would you say between either Brazil or Mozambique was something you learned from the people there in the country? A family and family is like who you have, but also what you make it. And to see like on the mission base, you know, we we're white, black, Indian, but see the white families that were missionaries with their young children to see how the the native Mozambicans became their brothers to became their like their family and how to see how they were riding for them. And I gotta be honest, it was some wild stuff like the refugee, like the the camp that goes against the government. Like they had kidnapped one of our family friends and he had to escape and just like seeing our, you know, missionary brothers and sisters praying for someone to escape like the refugee camp or it was just some real stuff. And just to see how, uh, they were riding for one another, like through malaria, through, you know, kidnapping, through if you needed something to eat. Um, so, and then I felt that in Brazil too, that family, like, you know, people like taking us in, you know, allowing us to spend time with their family during carnival. It, it, like you can make it anywhere. And just like we felt at FAMU, like you can really make it anywhere, but it's those people uh, that make it for you. You know, it only starts with one step. Had you not walked into that study abroad office, mm -hmm. maybe none of these things would have happened. But because you took the first step, so many other situations followed. And so thank you for showing us what it means to just take a leap of faith. 
we love the journey, love how you used the culture, the Portuguese culture in Brazil to leverage and do something new in Mozambique. And we look forward to just being a witness to all the things you'll do all over the world as you continue to impart a touch of heart to community mm -hmm. of color globally.